0: Welcome to the Wealth and Wellness Podcast with me, Kaylee Boisvert. I specialize in helping people to achieve their financial goals. I have a love for all things numbers, and I am passionate about financial literacy. My goal is to spark healthy and positive conversations around wealth and investment, and create a world where nobody is limited by their financial situation. But wealth is just one piece in the equation of living our best lives. So join me as we explore both wealth and wellness topics. From your net worth to your self-worth, get ready to take confident action. Hello and welcome to the wealth and wellness podcast. This is Kaylee. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode. Um, I am joined by a special guest today. I'm really excited for what we're going to chat about today. So with us today, we have Amber Romaniuk. Um, Amber is an emotional eating digestive and hormone expert who helps professional women achieve optimal health through mindful eating self-care, and overcoming self-sabotage with food. Her podcast, the No Sugar Coating Podcast, has a million downloads, over 200 episodes, and is listened to in over 88 countries. She's Um, She was featured with TV Personality on Whitney Port's podcast and she's also appeared on local TV over 50 times in the last three years alone. So so excited to have you here today and for you to share your time and expertise with listeners today. Um, Just to get started Amber do you want to tell listeners a little bit more about your journey and what
1: brought you to be doing the work that you do today? Yeah, definitely. And thank you so much for having me, Kaylee. I'm super excited to be here. And I wouldn't have a business if I wouldn't have gone through my own struggles with emotional eating and binge eating and having such a, you know, really loathsome, hateful, uh, you know, hate for my body essentially like you know for me there was a couple of key experiences that I went through at a very young age that really made me feel very insecure in my body and I know many if not all women and a lot of men can relate to body image and insecurities you know being attached to those and So for me, what really started those insecurities was when I was five, it was my first day taking the school bus and I got on the bus and immediately the older boys started like yelling at me and calling me fat and ugly. And that was just a honestly like mortifying moment because I don't know any of these people. I was like so excited for this experience and now I'm completely being shunned and shamed and made fun of. And it really shut me down and it made me feel very insecure because I thought if, strangers are saying this it must be true and so I really took that on as my identity for the next 20 years up until you know about 25 years old where I was just so insecure with my body Um, and then you grow up and you start reading magazines and you start idolizing celebrities and like all this stuff and you're just like oh, to be loved, to have money, to be well-known, to be adored, I need to look like this certain body and fit in this mold. And women are heavily conditioned that way. And so I started dieting in my you know, preteens and teens and just like ate whatever I wanted, didn't care, and, and didn't honestly realize that food could really have a significant impact on our health and well-being physically, mentally, emotionally energetically. And so I, I didn't really understand that my food intake and processed food intake was one of the reasons why, you know, I felt puffy all the time. I felt bloated. I, you know, couldn't really lose weight. So in my early twenties, I really was triggered to fall deep into binge eating after heavily restricting and losing weight really quickly. I reached the quote unquote goal weight, but I wasn't happy. I was more critical. My cycle disappeared, like nothing changed. It's like all these stories I told myself in my head that like hitting that number is just going to like make life perfect. And then when it didn't happen, it was just such a huge letdown. And then when ended up happening and I was, I was just like, well, this is too hard to maintain, you know, 1200 calories, 900 calories a day and two hours of exercise. So I just, it's like this switch flipped and I went way the other way. And I just started like eating whatever I wanted, which turned into heavy binge eating and, you know, driving around and going through this drive through and buying that, you know, six cupcakes and just like eating to the point where I was just so full, I was sick. Um, and then I gained like 60 pounds in four months and went through a period of binging and purging and, you know. Just like it all turned into a huge mess, and I just felt so ashamed. Wanted to hide, didn't want to go out and be social when you're like 21 years old, and that is going on for you. Like, those are supposed to be the best years, you know? And so, for me, I went through that for about a year, and then at my low point, which really woke me up to being like I've got to do something about this was one night I had finished a binge and I was honestly really concerned for my life and my health because I didn't think I was going to hit 30 if I kept being so destructive with my body through the binging the restriction trying to exercise to punish myself for you know eating too many calories etc and so I finished the binge i threw thrown the food in the garbage can and then I you know said well if this is the last time I'm going to do this I might as well eat the rest of the food and so I dug through the garbage can to eat the cookies. And then I just felt so devastated and embarrassed because I just ate out of the garbage can. And I, it's so important for me to share this because it's just like no one is alone. If you've done this, don't feel ashamed. Don't feel embarrassed. Like we're human. We all go through different experiences and emotional eating or binge eating, food addiction, whatever you want to call it. It's not just so easy to stop. And so if you've gotten to that point or, even if you're on the other spectrum where you're just the person that gets a bit stressed and eats a couple pieces of chocolate, but then you feel the guilt. It's just like, you're not alone. And so many of us go through these experiences, unfortunately, but there's always something to teach us. But I needed that low point to happen, to really motivate me, to put aside the fear of the unknown of who would I be if I wasn't doing this? Who would I be if food, you know, if I wasn't revolving my world around food, because I was so afraid of going on that path, but this booted the fear out of the way. And I was like, I don't know what it's going to look like. And I need to do this because my life, I want it to be more than this. And so I really healed my relationship with food and started learning about nutrition and eating better and reducing my processed food intake, um, refined sugar, wheat and dairy, because they were making me bloated and I would lose control with those. And then once I changed the way I ate, I realized I still want to binge on healthy things. And so then I did the emotional work and realized I didn't love myself, I started a self-care routine where I could connect and started expressing and feeling my emotions, identifying my triggers. Like there was levels to this journey. It's it's not just one thing and that's it. And then I, you know, really discovered like that I have this intuition and that I'm very empathetic and I can feel everything. And that was scary. And so learning that it's safe to feel and to tap into the gifts that we all have was, you know, kind of the next phase of the journey. And as I was going through this. Women, you know, could tell I was changing. They're like, what are you eating? You're like vibrant. Like, tell me more about your journey. Like they're just asking questions and wanting advice. And I'm like, I want to help women. Like I overcame this and healed this and really learned how to love myself. I have the brain of an addict and a person who's had a really skewed relationship with food in her body. I know I can help these women. And so eight years ago, I started my business and, you know, it's just been like i can't believe it was already 8 years ago but just coaching women all over the world who are struggling with whether it's a low level of emotional eating or really severe level of emotional eating the body image struggles undoing the old programming that we inherit from the tv from our parents from our friends from school that tells us you have to look a certain way and you have to be a certain weight and that diets are the only answer to lose weight and and that creates all sorts of issues right so Um, it's just been so incredible to go through what I did and to heal my body and balance my hormones and digestion also, because every single woman I work with has quite similar struggles and to be able to address it from the roots, it just allows people to make such significant change and transformation and be free of it forever. Yes. I
0: love that. And just obviously the gift of what you've learned and gone through yourself and how you're able to share that. And it is so relatable things you're saying there. It's like reminding me of different stages in my life too, of those moments of yeah, going through a drive-thru and ordering enough for Many more than one person, but it was right. just for me. Um, yeah. Or yeah, or those moments where you're like, okay, I can't eat. I'm going on a vacation, and I have to, you know, wear summery clothes and mm-hmm. and bikinis or whatever. I'm gonna have to stop eating to make sure I'm I'm ready for that. And and yeah, the pressure we put on ourselves, and yeah. um, all the information that comes at us, and the different stages we go through. So it is all very relatable and such a gift that you saw you know because you went through that that you had so much to give to other people going through that so i love hearing that um can you tell us so we talk you talk a lot about obviously emotional eating that's a big part of what you do um i saw on your instagram uh, a post or a conversation you we're having about where does emotional eating come from which i thought was really
1: interesting do you want to chat a little bit about that Yeah, definitely. And it's, there's so many levels to it. So emotional eating can actually start before we're born because depending on our lineage and the experiences that our parents or grandparents, great grandparents, et cetera, have been through. So for example, my great, great grandparents went through the depression and then went into such a lack mentality because they lost everything. It's not their fault. It's the life experience they had. And so they passed that down through the lineage. And I just, even still to this day, remember my mom being like, well, I didn't have enough as a child. So I'm going to hoard all the food now and hoard all the earrings and all the things now. And I just took that on. And so when I'd be at the store with my basket of food being going, I don't think I have enough, right? Like that was that lineage lack mentality that then fueled that all or nothing binge and then restrict. And then As we're growing up we really can innocently take on the behaviors of our parents so if you have a mom or a dad who's insecure with their body or dieting or they're being critical of your body or trying to put you on a diet or telling you you have to be perfect or poking at you because you're you know you're a child and you have a little belly or you're too thin or whatever, like it has a significant impact on our subconscious mind. And then we get into these behaviors where if your parents go, you can't ever eat junk food. Well, then you're probably going with your allowance and buying the junk food and hiding and eating in the closet, which can create binge eating. Cause you're like, I have to eat this all now. Right. Or maybe your parents are like, you can't have dessert or leave the kid. Kitchen table until you finish what's on your plate. And that fuels overeating because now you're not tuning into when you're full. You're eating past potentially what you can hold, right? And so it innocently can start these behaviors with food at a young age. The toys that we play with, Barbie dolls, to me, are just like not a good body image thing for us to be putting in our subconscious at four, five, six, seven years old. It's not realistic, but here we are playing with them and it's such a popular toy. There's likely a lot of others, um, the television that we watch, the media and technology that we consume, like, it's very concerning to me that little girls as young as five are wanting to diet and get surgeries because of the filters on Snapchat and Instagram and the way they skew our face and make us look completely different, like a young girl does not know how to deal with that and manage that. And it, in a way it does brainwash us. It does condition us to be like, wow, what's wrong with me? How come I don't look like that all the time? And so I think all of that accumulates and then the irony of it is, is there's such a polarity with marketing on TV because it's like, here's all these junk foods, right? All the junk food commercials with all the addictive ingredients yet. Oh, here's t- do the diet and like count points or join this diet club. And like some public figure who likely is just being paid a ton of money is endorsing it to make the company a ton of money. So it's just such a double-edged sword because you're being told you have to fit in this box and have this perfect body yet you're being like sold and marketed the junk food. That's so addictive. And then you're being told, Oh, to fix that, you do this diet. And we're, we're just like so pulled outside of ourselves and like, we're not taught to be in tune. We're not taught to be aware of our bodies. And so we just end up in this mess of like hating our bodies, being critical of ourselves, trying to diet and eat less and exercise more to lose weight. And then because we don't learn how to love ourselves, we get triggered and we're so critical when we see a photoshopped image, right? Like it's just this cycle that grows and grows and grows and grows. And so when you get hard on yourself and you think you just have to have more willpower, try harder because you don't know how to tackle your emotional eating struggles, struggles. like it's not that cut and dry, like this is so complex and it's years of programming and conditioning. It's years of behaviors and habits that you likely are not aware of and it's not your fault right? So it's just so important to have compassion because it's so deep. Yeah.
0: Yeah. To think that it's from our childhood. I don't even think I've ever made that connection to realize, like I had the moments where it was like, yeah, stay at the table till you're done. Mm-hmm. eating. That's mm-hmm. not a good idea then. Um, <laughs> or growing up, like we didn't have a lot of money. So we're probably, you know, you're eating the foods that are more like yeah. the packaged foods and, and things like that. And then, um, that, like you said, the lack mentality when you, when you're not in that situation, like growing grow up now, and I'm in a much better place than my mom was. And so, yeah, I think of food sometimes as like, um, you're like, it's extravagant and you get a lot of it and you can, mm-hmm. cause you can afford it now. And it's, it feels like something you have control over then. And so that's also something that comes up from a past yeah. then as well. It's very Definitely. interesting. Um, What do you think then are like the biggest challenges that
1: you're seeing with the women you work with that they're dealing with? Yeah. So number one is the unworthiness. So we've, I feel like all of us to some level, if you've had access to a TV, a phone, like people who make fun of other people, whatever it is, like, you likely feel some level of unworthiness. And we're not taught how to love ourselves. Even though we're born unconditionally loving ourselves, we get programmed to unlove ourselves, right? We get programmed to focus on external, you need to look a certain way, you need to have a certain kind of house, car, job, money in the bank, wear certain kinds of clothes, and I'm all for abundance and like nice things. However, none of that fills the internal void. So, women as little girls and and men as boys are taught, like you need to like strive for the best. You need to try to be perfect, overachieve. we learn people pleasing tendencies and all of this comes from the unworthiness. So if I can make all these people happy, I'm gonna give my power away to them, unfortunately, but if I can make them happy, they'll validate I'm good enough. And then maybe temporarily like I'll be okay. And I'll not worry. I'm going to be judged. Or maybe if I just like try to be perfect and like do everything perfectly and overachieve, even though it's exhausting and making me sick, like I need to show people that I'm somebody because I don't feel good enough. So it's these kinds of behaviors that are born from a young age that we take on through elementary, junior high, high school, into college, etc. And we really want to prove ourselves because we don't know worth is within. We are taught that it's it's outside of ourselves, and it's everything that we have in our lives. Um, and so we spend so much time burning ourselves out, overbooking our schedules, which is the second part: is the overbooked schedule, overcommitting, saying yes to everyone else and no to ourselves. And then what starts to happen? You get stressed, you get overwhelmed, you get irritated easily because your stress threshold has depleted. You you snap at your family or your friends or your coworkers more easily, and then you know, because you haven't learned healthy ways to cope with your emotions and your stress, then you're going for quick fix. So I'm just going to sit and numb out and binge watch TV. I'm going to watch TV and eat. I'm going to go and eat this thing because it's going to temporarily give me a high and make me feel better or distract or numb me from my reality. So we really take on these like, you know, emotional compulsive behaviors. And that to me is really what what leads us in is the unworthiness the perfection people pleasing mentalities and then we start to use things like food as a coping mechanism because it's so easily accessible and a lot of it is very addictive right sugar's 10 times more addictive than cocaine MSG and aspartame and you know certain ingredients that are made in a lab that to me shouldn't be you know legal for human consumption literally increase our appetite levels like 40 50 60% like they're literally made to do that so when you don't know how food is developed in a lab and then you start eating it you can develop addictions really easily and then you store the pleasure memories of how good you felt in your brain and so the next time you're angry or you're sad or you have that stressful situation that part of your brain actually actually lights up and goes oh you should eat that food remember when you ate that and it felt so good you should do that again right and so then the more you repeat that you create a pattern in your brain And then that pattern starts lighting up like every day or every week going, oh, yeah, you should go and eat that food. And that's what can really start laying this foundation for emotional eating happening on a regular basis. And then we have to eat more of the foods to get the same high. And then we start eating more. So that's to me how that works. But then what happens? People are emotionally eating or overeating. They gain weight. Panic happens. I need to go on a diet because we've been conditioned that that's the only way so now they're going on a diet they're learning all these food rules, you have to eat this way you have to cut out all these foods you have to follow X rules to get X result if you don't do it to a T you won't get the result, so then, as we learn all these rules and restrictions. We create food fears. Now we feel restricted and deprived. And then one day when we get on the scale and it hasn't dropped or it's gone up, we get angry, we rebel and go, screw it, I don't care. I'm gonna go and eat all the foods I haven't been letting myself have. And then we die to the point where we've cut out so many things that we don't even know what to eat. We're so out of touch with our bodies. And it just is exhausting to think about trying to build a healthy relationship with food, trying to tackle emotional eating, trying to tackle the weight gain when you're just like, I'm afraid of so many foods or I'm afraid of losing control. Carbs are bad, you know, fats are bad. Everything's just bad. So like, what am I supposed to eat? It just shuts us down. And then like people stay stuck in this cycle for years or decades and they can't get out of it because there's so much going on in the mind that's dictating our habits and behaviors. Yes.
0: Like I find it's just, it's overwhelming when it comes to food information and the diets Mm -hmm. and the, like I go to the grocery store and I'm like, I don't even know where to start or what I should be or shouldn't be eating. And Mm -hmm. so do you have any like advice or ideas for people like that? Like it, is there then a Mm -hmm. diet that works? Like, it just seems like these things are setting us up for failure and Mm -hmm. and they're very hard to maintain um, a lot of them. So any like things that do work or what you would suggest?
1: Well, you just kind of hit the nail right on the head. Like the diet does set us up for failure. There's a reason the diet industry is a multi-trillion dollar a year industry because they want you to fail. So you keep coming back and spending your money on a thing that's never gonna work. So in my personal opinion, I don't believe in diets. I don't think they work because they just give you rules and restrictions and put you into an all or nothing mentality. So I've got to be on the diet for it to work. I have to be perfect. There's that perfectionist mentality. Perfection doesn't exist. So when you fail, you you make it that you're wrong, you're bad, I messed up, I need to try harder and do better. You beat yourself up and then you're so overwhelmed, you just go to the food anyway and and you go back to the self-sabotage and the diets are self-sabotage too. It's a punishment. Shame on me because I gained weight. Shame on me because I ate too much that's not what's going to help change this. So I don't believe in diets. What I believe in is really thoroughly looking at someone's current state of health, their hormone state, their cravings, their blood sugar, their relationship with food, and based off of that, we start to suggest, you know, adding in more of certain different kinds of foods, teas and spices to help balance the body um some people thrive off of more carbohydrates some need more protein some need more fat so it really depends on the person and the problem with the diet industry is they're just putting everyone in a box and going you just need to try harder if it doesn't work for you like oh here's another shiny new toy diet for you to try when it's not individualized at all and the other problem with diets they don't help you identify your unworthiness and your you know people pleasing and overbook schedules they don't help you identify your hormone and gut imbalances they don't help you deal with your emotional eating triggers they just fuel the fire of all of the things that are not working for you maybe for someone who has a healthy relationship with food say they get really sick and they have to follow a certain protocol and eat a certain way to help improve their health sometimes that kind of thing has to be done but like If 90% of the female population is struggling with emotional eating or some kind of emotional relationship with food and body image, we've got to know the diet industry has had a significant contribution to that as has the entertainment industry, right? All the photoshopping, editing, the illusion that we're sold. And so we really have to go, well, I've been taught all these things and I haven't been taught though to go within and to learn how to listen to my body. I haven't been taught that concept, which is everything, right? Because what really changes if I don't deal with my unworthiness, if I keep my schedule overbooked, what changes if I keep coping with food as I keep trying to try this diet to gain control, you're not going to gain control. And what's below control is fear. So it's not about having control with food. It's about building mindfulness with food, building a mindful relationship with it, because it's not about restriction. It's about choosing to want to nourish your food or your body with really, you know, whole foods. And it's also about mindful indulgence where you can, you know, you still have those indulgences, but it doesn't come from an emotional place. It's like, I am human. I want to enjoy this and I can have a mindful amount and then just move on.
0: Yeah. What do you mean by that? So like mindful eating or what is
1: that and how can we achieve mindful eating? Yeah. So mindful eating is slowing down. It's shutting off all the technology, the TV, phone, computer, Being present with your food before you eat, because if you're stressed out, you might get bloated or not digest properly. So it's just checking and going, how am I feeling emotionally? Ooh, I'm feeling angry. Okay, I'm going to take five to 10 deep breaths. I'm going to calm my nervous system down. And then I'm going to eat slowly. I'm going to take a bite. I'm going to enjoy the flavor, the texture, right? The experience of nourishing my body. I'm going to put my fork down between bites so that I can chew thoroughly, which aids in digestion. And also it helps me check in with how full I'm getting, because if I'm distracted and eating, I'm likely to eat up to 40% more. So if I'm present, I'm going to be attuned to how full I am. And then I can stop when I'm full, and save the leftovers for later, or I've eaten everything and I'm satisfied. And when we do that, we're far less likely to overeat or overeat later or not feel satisfied and go through the cupboard and, you know, start digging for snacks. So mindful eating is really about slowing down and being present with the food. Okay.
0: I love that. So taking some time, especially, yeah, before you start to eat. Um, What about things like hormone imbalances? How do we know when we're experiencing that?
1: Yeah. So there's some, there's quite a few symptoms that women will experience. I can tell you in my eight years and, you know, coaching thousands of women that I've never had a woman come to me that hasn't had some kind of hormone imbalance. So the common things that I see um, is either elevated or low cortisol, which is the stress hormone and common symptoms of that are like brain fog, low energy through the whole day, especially in afternoon energy, lull, doesn't matter how much you sleep, you're just exhausted all the time because your body's so depleted, abdominal weight gain, you feel like your whole body's retaining more water, you're more irritable, you have more PMS symptoms, your digestion is more sensitive. Um, and then what we start to see is if that's not addressed, then it starts to inhibit the thyroid and make the thyroid more sluggish and the thyroid is a big part of our metabolism. And so, um, when we're eating a lot of processed food and we have high stress, we get a lot of inflammation in the body. And when we get lots of inflammation in the body, it suppresses the thyroid. And so then we get an underactive thyroid, which is very common, unfortunately. And so it makes it really easy to gain weight, really hard to lose weight, cold hands and feet, hair loss, eyebrow thinning, tired in the morning. A lot of women just describe it to me. Like, I don't feel like myself, Um, your appetite, um, signal, your hunger signal actually goes away. So it's really hard to know when you're hungry, um, when the thyroid shuts down. And then I see a lot of women with low progesterone, they're struggling to get pregnant. Um, their cycle is, you know, sporadic and disappearing. Um, and then what happens when our progesterone goes too low is our estrogen actually dominates and goes too high. And when our estrogen is too high, we can feel really warm all the time. Breast tenderness, you know, one to two weeks before your cycle, really easy to gain weight, pretty much impossible to lose. So, you know, these are some of the common symptoms that I see women struggling with. Um, you know, that are coming to me and unfortunately hormone imbalances are far too common. And I find the range of what's quote unquote normal on the testing is too big. So you can be having all these symptoms and get testing done. But if you're in the quote unquote normal range, a lot of doctors will just go, "Oh, it's you're fine. Your blood works totally fine when there should be looking, you know, deeper into it. And and I think there should be a smaller range there. So that's some of the common stuff I see with hormones.
0: Yeah. I love that. That's very very relatable and interesting to hear um what would you suggest then for people like where do we start if we're seeing some of these things in our life whether it's emotional eating the hormone imbalances
1: all that stuff where yeah what to do well there's a few different steps right so if you've been struggling with this stuff for years I honestly would encourage you to get some kind of support. It's not because you can't do it on your own. It's just likely like you don't understand all the layers and, um, having accountability to help us really work on our mindset and help pick us back up when we fall and fail is so important so that you don't feel defeated and you can learn from those failures and move forward. Also, especially with things like hormones as well. I don't suggest you go and self-diagnose on Google and then just buy a bunch of supplements because certain supplements can mess up certain hormones or cause certain hormones to go more out of whack. And then you cause more harm than good. So I, I definitely suggest, you know, if your doctor is not willing to support you, see um, you know, a natural healthcare practitioner, a naturopath. I do that stuff with my clients, an integrative medicine doctor, but someone who's gonna really stand with you and champion you and dig to address the root issues with you and not take, well, it's all in your head as an answer. Um, you could start with resources if we, you know, as you're scoping someone out, like listen to podcasts, follow them on social media, check out their websites, email them and ask questions, right? Like I What I love to do with my clients is they fill out an application form and then they pay to book a consultation so that we can talk about their health goals and struggles. And then I can talk to them about the coaching programs. I can answer the questions right in that call so that we can both feel if it feels like a fit in something we want to move forward with. So it's always good to do your homework and, and also that you feel safe when you're talking to someone and you're not going to be judged that you can be vulnerable, you can be honest and you don't have to feel like you have to leave pieces out. Um, so that's one avenue. Um, definitely, you know, if you're wondering if you're struggling with emotional eating before you eat, right. Especially if you're between meals or you've just finished a meal and you're going, Oh, but now I want this. I totally encourage you to ask yourself first, is this physical hunger? Do I actually need to eat? And what is physical hunger? I get a growl in my stomach. I get a hunger signal. Um, My blood sugar is dropped. So I'm like tired, hangry, irritable. Like my energy's low. I'm dizzy, lightheaded, right? you notice you haven't eaten in a few hours, like that's physical hunger versus emotional hunger is any reason for eating other than physical nourishment. So, like boredom, multitasking, sad, angry, stress, happy, associating, eating, and watching TV, whatever it is. So, you can ask yourself, is this actual physical hunger or is this emotional? Because you're likely going to find that it's more emotional hunger. And if it is, try and leave the kitchen as soon as you can, go into a different room, pull out a journal, and go, okay, like what's been going on today? Am I tired? have I not drank enough water? Like these are easy ones to like rule out right away. Ooh, yeah, you know what? I've had more elevated stress the last two days. Ooh, maybe I've watched too much news and I need to like, just stop doing that for a while. Like whatever it is that you maybe are unsure of spend some, you know, five or 10 minutes reflecting because you have to be willing to take time to understand why it's happening or it's not going to change. You can't just go, I don't have time. I'm too busy what are you going to learn about yourself if you're just flying by the seat of your pants all the time and you're just too busy? So I encourage starting to do things like that to build awareness around what's triggering you. And then maybe you can start to catch it and stop it. Um, And if you're like, well, I'm already to that point and I still can't stop it, get support from somebody that is resonant for you because it is so deep and it takes time to change. It's not like you're going to just going to find some one answer and it's going to fix everything. Like, It takes time to change. So be patient with yourself. But I love the physical versus emotional hunger because it starts to help us identify, you know, our emotional eating triggers and what's really going on. And then from there, I always encourage people to make sure you start building a self-care routine, right? Start with 15 to 30 minutes once a day or break it into two chunks. Do get outside, meditate, breathe. There's lots of apps, journal, stretch, do mindful movement, um you know there's so many things that we our bodies really want us to slow down um but we've got to work on this negative self talk kind of ego chatter that's like you don't have time you don't have time you don't have time yeah we can scroll mindlessly on social media for hours and watch tv multiple hours a night yet we don't have time we do have time it's just are you willing to you know step out of your comfort zone and do your deeper work
0: Yes. I love that. I love all those ideas and it really is just about being mindful, taking that pause. It sounds like it's mm. such an important step rather yeah. than just kind of diving into whatever the food is or yeah, what we think is going to fill that, that void or, um, or fix things or yeah. I Okay. So those are great ideas. Um, and I, I love talking about like that unworthiness and, and how we're, there's so much of what we're seeing, Um, that's kind of really contributing to that. So is there anything that you would suggest on on ways that we can start learning to love our bodies and then it made me think of and teaching that to the next generation because I have a seven-year-old daughter and Mm. things you're saying is like wow this is very scary and I have a daughter that's very influential and is growing up and I have the ability probably now to start helping with those messages. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah and so I think it's so important for us to set Healthy boundaries with technology. Um, if we're recognizing we're following certain people that are triggering us to become critical, or you know, you've subscribed to newsletters for all these diets and different things, like do a, you know, a flush and unsubscribe from newsletters, donate diet books, unfollow or mute people on social media for a period of time spend less time on your screens, right? Like, instead of tuning out to the television, tune into your body and and start building a self care routine so that you can understand your emotions, why you're triggered, you can start catching the negative self talk and, and saying kind things to yourself. Again, it's a process, but it's these kinds of things that will help us. And when we can start to understand we have, uh, um, you know, inherited a lot of our limiting beliefs from our family and society and, and TV, right? Like I was chatting with a client yesterday and she, she is like so hanging on to her, the fact that her and her mom didn't have a close relationship growing up and she's still hanging on to that. I'm like, yeah, because we were conditioned with all the movies we watched that, like mom and daughter have like the closest, most amazing relationship and do everything together. And you didn't get that and you're upset about it. And she's like, oh my gosh. That's totally where it came from. So start to be aware of like the content you consume and how it's influencing your mind because the content that we consume is just as if not a little bit, sometimes more harmful than the food we're putting in our body, right? So it's so important to set healthy boundaries with it and go, if I'm watching shows and I'm getting really uncomfortable with my body image and triggered, maybe you want to take a break, right? If you're constantly seeing... Women who just look unrealistic, you can even ask yourself, is that photoshopped? Is that edited? Right? Because the level of editing that happens in video and photo is like 95%. Like we're sold such falsehood. So no wonder you're hard on yourself because like nobody looks like that right? So it's important to set healthy boundaries with technology. It's important to build a self care routine for you to start to build awareness around your emotions, start connecting with your body. Also, the self care is important to have healthy ways to cope with stress, right? To de-stress, to unwind, to relax. And then, you know, who do you follow? That's a positive influence that is empowering. That's going to help teach you more about being in tune with your body and and your mind and what, what made you inherit these habits in the first place. Like follow those kinds of people, you know, I think it's so important that we just be aware of the content we're consuming and shift that to stuff that's more empowering. Um, And if you notice your children making comments about their weight, like get them to start complimenting themselves in the mirror in the morning, do it with them. I love myself because I am amazing. I am beautiful. I'm kind, right? Like whatever that looks like, but maybe start a practice together. Um, And if they ever, you know, bring up, that they're they're putting down their body image, ask them like, where did that come from? Like, did you see that in a show? Did a friend say something? Like start asking questions because- when you can help identify where it came from, you can reassure them and help them b- build themselves up. And then you can, you know, let them know if someone says that it's not true and you don't need to worry about it, right? So have, starting to have those conversations with your kids at a young age is so important. At the end of the day, you can't control if they become insecure or go through certain experiences. You can influence. Um, however, yeah, like start the di- the conversation at a young age.
0: Yeah, I love that. Cause yeah, you just don't think about it. You think it's something later on, but yeah, just hearing that and how emotional eating where it all starts and takes root, you're just like, wow, this is something that needs to start happening now Mm. um, rather than later. Yes. I love that. I love it. Well, thank you so much. Um, I love this conversation. Um, so many notes I took and, um, great (laughs) tips for listeners and everything. So thank you so much, Amber. Um, where can listeners find you, reach out to you? Obviously you have your podcast. So the no sugar coating podcast, it's amazing. Um, obviously the world thinks it's amazing too, (laughs) because you have so much listeners, but, um, anywhere else that people can find you reach out. Yeah,
1: definitely. So my website is amberapproved.ca, and that's where you can go and take the free emotional eating quiz. You can learn more about me and body freedom. If you're desiring that you want to connect and you know have a conversation about working together, like I said, you can fill out the form and um, we can connect for a body freedom call. All the podcast episodes are there as well as on any podcast app. And then I'm also on Instagram, and it's my name, Amber R-O-M-A-N-I-U-K. R-O-M-A-N-I-U-K and those are the best places to find me online perfect and
0: I will put those in the show notes as well so thank you so much um, for joining us today and we will catch you all next week thank you so much Amber I hope you found value in this episode and because I'm such a proponent of taking confident action I want to pose a question to you the listener What is one action that you feel inspired to take after listening to today's episode? If you enjoyed listening, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. Thank you so much and I will catch you next time.